Welcome to Carve Your Own Fucking Path podcast, a podcast about kick-ass women who found the clarity and courage to carve their own path. I'm Willow, your host, transformation coach, and NLP practitioner. Each episode, I'll share personal stories alongside candid interviews with women who have boldly stepped into the unknown. Expect to hear juicy topics, messy truths, and extraordinary journeys. My hope is to inspire your inner risk taker to stop overthinking and start taking action towards carving your own path. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Carve Your Own Fucking Path, the podcast. Katie Marie joining us from Utah. Thank you so much for showing up and being here. Um, Katie and I just met last week. We shared a magical week together in Toronto. We were both getting certified in life and success coaching, NLP, EFT, hypnosis, and time techniques. So we're legit now. Yes. <laughs> and Katie, I just, you're such an inspiration. When I heard your oh. story and I just, you know, spent this time with you, I just really want people to hear your story. So I'm going to give it over to you. If you can just, you know, give, give us a little bit of an insight into your life, your past life, as I like to call okay. it. What path were you on? Um, first of all, it's been such an honor. So thank you so much for having me. And yeah, so my past life, I grew up in the religion of Mormonism. So people call Mormons or LDS. It's a, a Christian religion that is very, um, there's a, there's a path to follow in, inside this religion. Okay. You, you're born into it, basically knowing why you came to this earth, what your purpose is on this earth and where you're going to go after. And you've got all these kind of rules and regulations and if you want to call them regulations, I, I, that's maybe not the right word. Things that you you have to do and live your life in order to ultimately make it back to heaven. And so I grew up in this religion. I was born into it. My family is still very involved in it. And a lot of my friends and um, there was no other way mm -hmm. in my eyes. It was just, okay, this is it. This is life. This is This is all there is. And I lived my whole life completely dedicating myself to this religion uh did you ever oh, did you ever question it i'm just so you grew up in utah which is yes heavily mormon um yes and and so you did you have any friends or anybody that wasn't mormon like growing up or or you know any influence from anyone else yeah actually not a lot of people inside Utah who weren't Mormon, but my mom is a convert to the religion, Okay, which is interesting. So her family, her side of the family, she's the only one who joined the religion. And so they were all not Mormon. So I did have a little bit of that outside perspective, mm -hmm. but it, it really didn't, it was more of just like, oh, wow, we have this truth and we really need to bring this truth to all these people who are, not as fortunate as fortunate as us to have it mm -hmm. so so mostly no like i i really was surrounded by completely by this religion and its way of thinking and what were some of the things that you couldn't do um no coffee alcohol 
drugs, anything like that like mm. you, is you can't drink, you can't have any of that. Um, there's no any premarital sex or any type of unchastity before marriage is a big no-no too. So much so they say that if you are to have sex before you get married, it's next to murdering someone oh. in terms of sin. Yeah. So that's like heavily wow. pressed upon our minds. Yeah. Hence why a lot of people get married really young yeah. in religion. Because yeah. <laughs> they really want to have sex. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's the, of course, the most natural thing. And, and what about media? Right. I mean, were you restricted from anything like that? Like, out, you know? um, not, not to the extent they, they tell you to be cautious of what you're consuming like R-rated movies, they uh, say you shouldn't watch anything that's too violent or has too much sex or swearing or anything like that. Mm -hmm. They really try to steer you away from. Um, and then really anything outside the doctrine of the church, like anything that the church produces and gives you as content for this is how you should live your life from the scriptures. Like the Book of Mormon is is the book that's the main uh, scripture for the Mormons. Um, mm -hmm. Anything outside of that, they it's basically like, oh, that's anti-Mormon. If you were to go outside and get any information outside of what they're telling you is true, is frowned upon. Okay. But they don't like completely restrict you. Um, you still like Mormons are. I mean, you probably wouldn't. You couldn't tell the difference if you saw a Mormon walking down the street. They're not like Amish or right. even though they're very. Um, what's the word uh i guess what was that like conservative yes like conservative and 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 whatnot like tattoos and piercing like they're 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 not like that but they look like a normal person they dress normal they they have social media like mm -hmm. they so they can they are living their lives in a somewhat normal way like that mm -hmm. okay did you yeah did you ever question it did you ever feel like mm, this doesn't feel right or you know, did you ever poke yeah. holes in anything? You know what is so interesting? I I honestly didn't until oh. later in my life when um, I it just everything was as it should be for me. I was just I was born into this. That we have prophet and apostles. They're telling us how we're supposed to live our lives, and I was all in, and it it was just right. And so the thing that finally started to make me question was I got married very young, which is common here in, yeah. in Utah oh, yeah. in the religion. I was three days after I turned 20, wow. I was married and, and we had dated for three months and got engaged. Oh, <laughs> again, which is so normal. <laughs> so normal. And yes, did you, but did you grow up together? I knew him from high school, but okay. we, so there was some interaction but not a lot, like not enough to make it like, oh, we'd been dating for years, or I'd known him for so long and really knew him. In all honesty, I didn't know. I knew him from those three months of dating. And then because of the nature of the Holy Ghost, which the Mormons believe you get when you get baptized when you're eight, which will guide your choices the rest of your life. Mm. You know, if, if it says, hey, you can do this, it, and as long as you get married in the temple, which is 
where they believe you will be sealed as a family. And if you don't get married in the temple, you're, you won't go to heaven with your family. Um, and so there's a lot of rules, like to get into the temple, like you, you can't be unchaste. You can't be doing anything, um, sexual before getting married. If you know, drinking alcohol, Mm -hmm. um, they ask you if you're honest, like, so there's all these set things that you have to be living your life, like in order to enter the temple and then you get married. So, um, they say like, as long as you're, so I think that's why Mormons get married really quickly. because it's like, it's going to be okay for when they're young and (laughs) they really do like, again, I, I mean, this isn't the only reason, but there's, there's pressure to get married when you're with someone and you can't have sex, <laughs> right? Like it's just kind of normal that it's gonna, you're going to get married quicker when that's yeah. not an option. Um, can you have, can you have any contact? Is it, I mean, you can't even hold hands. You can't kiss or anything. Yeah. You can kiss and hold hands and, okay. and, and as long as it's just like, there's no other touching of like the body parts and anything like that Okay. <laughs> beyond that. Yeah. So like you can, there's lots of, yeah, you can kiss and make out and all that stuff. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you had, you had, um, yeah, you, you were feeling like, okay, you're attracted to this guy. He is, you know, like, did you think, I mean, big picture, obviously marriage is forever, but as a 20 year old, yeah. did that, how did you, I don't know what, what would you think about that? <laughs> was it? Yeah. Was it I, I don't think you can honestly grasp what that is. Right. And I think for me, yeah, I, it was just very much like, okay, this is, he's a return missionary, which all the, all the men are, um, they're not required, but it's heavily pushed. And there's a lot of shame that comes if, if a man doesn't serve a mission for the church Mm -hmm. and, and, and they do that now they've changed the age for men to 18 and it's a two-year mission back in the day it was 19. So anyways, he, he came home from his mission. He's a return missionary. We found this connection. We date for three months and boom, we're married. Right. Mm, (laughs) Wild. Yeah. And yeah. And so at this point in my life, I am fully in, you know, believing this is my path and I'm doing all the things that I need to do to make it back to heaven and, Mm -hmm. and move forward in my life. And I never, there were things within the marriage and, and my life that I definitely started to notice I struggled with it just in terms of maybe our connection, mm, um, mm-hmm. my ex-husband and I, um, but I just kind of figured, you know what, I'm married, married in the temple. And I, this is just my life. Like I just have to move forward with this. Mm-hmm. So I did all the things I had. I had all the babies. I, I served in all the callings that they give you in the church and, and the Mormon religion, it's a very community based service oriented. Like you are so involved in each other's lives. Um, and I, I, and, and then jumping and doing all those, checking off all those lists that make sure, you know, I, I can be worthy to keep going to the temple. And I mean, I was fully, fully in and, um, and one of the things that I think started to make me question and see kind of a crack in the religion was they say, okay, you, if you do these things, if you get married in the temple as two righteous people, as long as they're righteous and keeping the commandments, they will be happy and they will be okay. Right. Well, here's my marriage and I'm, I'm struggling in it. 
And I'm seeing like, okay, well, that information and my life are not adding up. Mm. Like, so I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to do. So why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? Right. And um, I just finally hit this point. It was honestly only about two years ago now that I just knew. Well, like, okay, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) I I want to, so, okay. So I want to just take us through you say you've had all the babies. Um, yeah, <laughs> let's dive into that. Okay. When did you, when did you, okay. First of all, how old are you now? I'm 36. Okay. I thought you were like 30. Um, but again, <laughs> the maths. You. Okay. So <laughs> how many, how many children do you have? I have four. Yeah. Four children. <laughs> Four children, yeah, which is very normal for Mormons. Big families, like it's, it's all about multiply and replenish the earth, really, in the in the religion. Okay, and when when did you have your first child? Like how old? Like how long after you were married? So uh, two years after we were married, I got pregnant with my first child. So I was twenty three by the time I had him. Okay. And how was, I mean, how was that experience? Like motherhood was as a woman, is it something that you're saying your, your duty on earth, right. Is to procreate and and replenish. Did that some, did that feel like something that came uh, natural that you felt like, Oh, this is, this is right. This feels good. And let's keep going. (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting to have you say that because I don't even think I would be able to tell at the time if it was right or not right because I was so about like oh well this is just what you do I mean honestly for women and they have programs like youth programs and in primary programs for the children like so all throughout my life I had been told your your purpose is to have babies right like your purpose is to be a mother on this earth and do not get me wrong being a mother is a beautiful thing it's I'm so grateful that I'm a mother but I was and I wasn't given any other options of oh but hey like you should you could also do this or I don't know it was just like be a mom have babies um and your role is inside the home like working outside the home is very frowned upon oh is it okay yes so as a during this time so you weren't did you go to college So I did go to, I got my associate's degree because by, I was going to college and got married in this time frame, and I still kept going. And so there's a lot of women in the LDS faith who get their degrees and, Mm -hmm. and more, and, um, which is great. They don't, they, they, they think women should get an education, but they still feel like get an education, but then come home and stay in the home. Um, so, so I got my associate's degree because I got pregnant and I was really, really sick. And so I just locked in all my generals and was like, ah, we're good. Mm-hmm. Plus like, who cares? Right. Like, I'm just going to be a mom. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to, I'm like doing my duty. I'm going to have babies now. And I'm curious if, what if you're not able to have children? Like, I'm sure that happens all, all, all the time with women. Is there, yes. do they believe in other. Yeah. Other, yeah. They're. Yeah, they're fine with adoption. I mean, it is, I know for sure, if you're not married and you're in the religion, 
oh, it's hard because it's such a family-based religion. And mm-hmm. so if you're if you're not married, if you can't have kids, it, it's it's definitely yeah, it's it, it's hard because <laughs> there's just like so much pressure to to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you were you were a stay-at-home mom essentially then with your first yes, and then yes, on to the second yes, which I had so quickly after. So I had my first three boys, like boom, boom, boom. I think the second one I had, he was 20 months later. Wow. No, wait, he was two years later. And then the third boy came 20 months after I had my second son. So I had three babies. Oh. Like my my oldest was still three for a few months by the time I had my third baby. And again, this is so normal. It's just, and everyone's different. You, They don't tell you, you have to have baby, 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 but it's just really common. Mm-hmm. And again, the with that knowledge of, Hey, like we need to have babies. We need to bring these children to the earth. Um, so yeah, I, I remember, I look back on that time when I had three little humans who were dependent on me for every need. Yeah. And it was, it was really hard. <laughs> I mean, it's, and, yeah, can't imagine. Yeah. I, and I, so yeah, I would, I would hate, I would never take back that I have them here, right? Like, I know that I believe still that there's a purpose for everything in life. And so I, I, I know that everything that I've been through and getting my kids here the way that I got them here, I'm super grateful for. But yeah, I, I mean, I think if I would have had options outside of that, I, I maybe wouldn't have had them so quickly together, mm-hmm. or, you know? <laughs> right. Well, the other thing is you're not, I mean, they don't believe in birth control, right? They, you can use birth control. They, there was a time when they said that it was not okay, that you shouldn't, but now they've said it's up to the man and the woman inside your home, what you want to do okay. and how you want that to look. Yeah. Okay. So. I was thinking of Catholicism and, oh, and right. Like, you know, they, this is, you know, 60 years ago, but where they, it just wasn't allowed. So. Right. right. Yeah. And so probably back in the day, you know, yeah. it, that there was that influence of, yeah, like don't, don't prevent. And there are some people in the church who don't, I think they just trust that God will send them the babies when they're supposed to have them. But right. I think most people are, are choosing to plan their families, mm. but there, there is a heavy influence of like having big families like it's very normal to see four five six kids in in an LDS family a Mormon family Mm -hmm. here in Utah what about and more (laughs) yeah and you came from a family of how many there there were five of us okay yeah so so that is normal like goes and yeah what about financially I mean is that something that you know it it sounds like it's it's on the man to be providing Yeah. Is that something that was a stress like finance? Yeah. Okay. It definitely was for us. Um, and I remember times in our marriage saying, maybe like, should I go back to like, should I get a job and help? And so so frowned upon and not in some, and again, there are women in the faith who work Mm -hmm. and I think more and more women are starting to say, Hey, like I, I find fulfillment in working outside of the home and I can work and be a good mom at the same time. Like, that is starting to kind of morph into the language 
more, but I was a stay at home mom for 11 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so that was my sole identity. And honestly, mm-hmm. that's what I thought my whole life would be. And so as we continue on my story and we get into the fact that, oh my heck, all of a sudden I'm now having to face like, what do I do with my life? How do I take care of myself? Like that was, that's been one of the hardest things because it was like, I have not been trained to look at it like like that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's pressure to live this life of what they feel is the ideal setting for the family Mm -hmm. and how they have set that out. So, yeah, I mean, so you'll find in Utah, there's a lot of pyramid things like women who get into selling stuff and doing oh. things so they can work from home mm-hmm. for the multi <laughs> so you see a, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you see a lot of that here because i think it's like they know they need to make some money but they also really need to stay home so that that's really prevalent here in utah interesting and okay so how old is your youngest then so my youngest is three oh. well, she'll be three on saturday so there was a little bit of a gap Mm-hmm. between my first three, I think I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore <laughs> with so many babies like back to back. And then when my third child was a little bit older, when he turned three, I was like, you know what? I really think, I think I can do one more. And then it, it took us a while to get pregnant and I had miscarriages and different things. Okay. And, but we ended up having her, which is so fun to have a little girl after the three boys. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Your little mini me. Yeah, I saw the photo. She's so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's so cute. And yeah, so quite a big gap. And then, so you were thinking, okay, I've got this in me. One more. Take us to what happened just a year ago or two. Yeah, I I was living this Mormon life, like fully one hundred and ten percent invested. This is I foresee my, the rest of my life going this way, right? And but the issues that I that had been we had been struggling with in our marriage that just kept coming up and nagging at me. And I finally said, okay, listen, we either need to fix this or we need to move on mm-hmm. because we're young, you know, like we're in our early thirties. Let's to say that we're just going to endure it for the rest of our lives. It just doesn't sound that great. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's, but if we can't fix it, then let's move on. And at this point when the marriage was on the rocks and we were trying to figure out how are we going to make this work? Can we make this work? I was still thinking, oh, well, even if this ends, I'll still be Mormon. But what happened was there was a little bit of a crack that happened for me because up until that point, I, I felt like everything was just as it should be within the church. Everything that the prophet and apostles said, everything that I'd learned, all the ways of living were exactly right. But then I, I saw this like, okay, wait, you said, if I do X, Y, and Z, if I get married in the temple, if I keep the commandments, if I live this worthy life, then I will be happy. I I can have the happy marriage. I can have these things and they just weren't adding up. And so I was like, Hmm, I think that there's some cultural traditions like in Utah, it's not necessarily the church, but are causing like that aren't really real. And mm-hmm. I think getting married very young to someone you hardly know is really one of those things, yeah. you know? Yep. <laughs> so I, I was just kind of like starting to see that. And um, do you remember the, the exact moment that you had this, this, yes. this clarity, this aha moment? Yes. Okay. Can you tell me? Yes. So I, I remember exactly where I was sitting and I was actually, it was, it's interesting because I was in this therapy course from this LDS therapist who I was like, okay, this is going to help me hopefully 
save my marriage and get me uh, like the right tools so that I can make this work. And I remember I was sitting in her course. It was like a two day thing. And I had the strongest impression, <laughs> so strong that Katie, you know what you're, you're supposed to do. And you've known it for a long time. Wow. I just got the chill. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And I did too. And I remember thinking like, no, <laughs> wait, no, I don't, I don't want this answer. This is scary, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> because I knew ultimately what that meant. And for, and if, at this time, like I was feeling stuck because I knew that the marriage and this wasn't good, but like walking away from it was terrifying. Oh, right. Yeah. But what next? Because my whole life has been this. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm going to have to step out of like being a stay-at-home mom and doing all the things as all of a sudden it's going to change. And so it was was really scary. But yes, I I know exactly where I was sitting when it was like, no, you know what you're supposed to do. And it was, I needed to end my marriage. Like it, it needed to be done. There was just... I knew so much more on the other side for both of us. And I honestly look back now, like sitting two years later going, how in the hell did I do that? Because I don't know how, but I did. did it. <laughs> I did it. I, and, and it was the beginning, honestly, of me finally trusting and listening to myself. Like yeah. that was that first huge step for me that was like, okay, stop listening to what everyone else is telling you. What do you know to be true? Because I got so much backlash, especially in a community of Mormonism that is predominantly like it's all family. Right. And so people are like, but what's your problem? He's such a nice guy. He's such a good priesthood holder. Why are you doing this? Like you're ruining your life. You're going to ruin your kids' lives. Why are you doing this? I just had to dig so deep into who I was and what I knew and just say, I, I know you don't understand. And you just have to trust me that I do, that I know what I'm doing, you know, and I'm not crazy. And a lot of people ultimately kind of thought I was just like going crazy. (laughs) Yeah. No one like really close to me. Like my parents are still married. All my siblings are married. Most people around me, like all my friends, my immediate family, like everybody was still married. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. From that day, sitting in the classroom. Yeah. What was the next move and how quickly did your life completely change? It was pretty quick in that up until that point, I was still, we were still like kind of trying to work on it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Like investing in the therapies and doing the different things of like, okay, can we make this work? And so when I knew, when I got that answer, I remember calling my mom and dad and just saying, listen, I need you. I I got this answer and I'm going to do like, I know this is what needs to happen. And so from that point on, it was kind of, I remember reaching out to all the people that I felt really close to almost begging them, like, please just trust me mm-hmm. on this. And I got, most people really struggled with it, but it was like the loneliest, scariest path <laughs> because it, it it really, I had to say, I ultimately, and I grew up the biggest people pleaser on planet earth, right? Like I was always like trying to make others happy and do what was right. And I was finally saying, you know what? I am listening to me in the, and I'm listening to me in the face of potentially losing everything, mm-hmm. all my relationships, every comfort and foundation that I'd ever had. I was finally saying, I can't do this anymore. And I'm going to trust myself 
and I just like jumped off that <laughs> ledge. So after that, moving forward, it was a mixture of you know then being thrown back into the workforce and and trying to manage the time of being a mom and and figuring out like okay what now what do I do? And I'm not gonna lie, like there were a lot of moments on the floor crying like. I am so scared. How am I going to make this work? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it just, and I'm, knowing what you know now, I mean, just, just in those moments, going back to that, that moment of clarity, when you heard that voice, would you say it was your subconscious mind? Yeah. Or something like, I do believe in a higher power of some sort. Like I feel, I felt like I was being guided. Like mm -hmm. this is your path, you know? Yeah. What about your faith, your religion? Did you, what happened next with that? Okay. So at that point, because I kind of got this crack of like, oh, wait a second, things aren't exactly as they should be. And I, I honestly didn't mean for this to happen, but because I think there was some space for other information to finally come in because it's so looked down upon to have any like anti they call it anti-mormon information right but it's really not so i just happened upon like different things like reading different things um about the religion that shook my like completely shook my whole world mm. um to the point and then i got and so then i just kept researching 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 and i researched so much and you'll find that uh, most mormons who leave the faith it, it's done with so much intention and searching, like, please let this not be true, right? Because I just dedicated my entire life to this. But ultimately, and, and this is what happened for me was I saw enough information to prove to me that this was, this wasn't real. And oh my heck, can I just say, it was like, everything just shattered, mm -hmm. right? For me, because I had built my whole life on this belief, on this religion, on like, hey, do this, 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 and you're gonna be just fine. And then all of a sudden it was just like, Oof. this isn't even real, right? Like, this isn't true. They've been lying to me this whole time. Oh, so. This felt <laughs> like the ultimate betrayal. Yes, and wow. yes. You, you filed for divorce, right? So yes. all happening at the same time. So this is all happening at the same time, yeah. Wow. So my world, oh my heck. <laughs> my whole world was just, I had, this identity of I'm, I'm a mom, I'm a stay at home mom. I'm a Mormon mom who's living this life and believes these things. And then the next thing I know, like every part of who I identified with was gone. Wow. And I was left just like floating. I, I felt like I had no foundation. I was just like, Oh my heck, what now? Right. Mm -hmm. And it was such a scary place because you're you're not there yet right like you've just detached from every connection and way that you lived and identified and felt comfortable but you're still kind of in this like the messy explosion part of your life exploding and you can't really see like it takes time before things start to like fall into place and so I, I attribute me still being here, <laughs> having survived it by just the being surrounded. Like I, I found some really, some of my friends I'd found out had left the religion too. And they were like my rock. I had, I had a few people who were just my dad and a few close friends who were just like, we love you. Mm. Right. And, 
and you're not crazy because one thing when you leave a religion like that and and they they teach you like if you leave the religion satan has a hold of your soul like you are being led astray mm-hmm. ultimately right so there's sometimes when like those programmings those thoughts would come back and like oh my gosh am i crazy you know yeah <laughs> so i to have people they're like you're not crazy you're okay <laughs> you're gonna make it um but i i honestly because i lost every aspect of how i identified mm-hmm. I, I i had to go in i had to go in and do the work and be like okay well, who are you then yeah, right totally i finally had the courage to listen and say okay katie i'm gonna listen to you this is what you've been told to do and now I'm in it and there's been this big explosion and everything is not as it once was. And it's smoke and scary and kind of like, ah, so, and I don't have, I, I honestly, in a way I'm grateful because some people, I know other friends who's, who've left the church and got divorced and they didn't, they didn't get as much backlash. Like for some reason, I, I don't know if it's cause I was, I don't know. I don't know why, but I was, I ultimately had to do it alone. I didn't have a, like, I had, like I said, a few people who were like, you got this, you got this, but because I had to face it alone, mm-hmm. I had to just like go in even deeper. Right. And I, I, because of that now, like the, the strength and the anchored groundness that came from having to like face so much pain, um, and work through it mm-hmm. and come out the other side, like it, I, I am grateful for it. I can start to say that now because I'm getting further and further away from the pain. Right. And I mean, <laughs> talk about courage because I'm, do people tell you how courageous you are? You know what? I get that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I get, when I, when I meet people, especially who have never been Mormon, um, and I tell them my story, they're just like, wow, holy cow, like, how did you do that? Um, so, so, so yeah, I mean, yeah. so in, when you were going through this process, you did say it yourself, you said you finally found the courage. I'm just wondering, yeah. you know, what, what that feel felt like and, and what was sort of motivating that, you know, what, what clicked for you? I think what clicked for me was I had lived my whole life doing exactly what everyone was telling me to do right? Mm -hmm. I was the perfect Mormon mom on paper with my husband and we were on our path and, and yet I was so not content and peaceful inside, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. and so I think for me, having the courage to finally say my voice before anyone else's voice is what matters. Mm And so to, to find, to start to uncover and get rid of anything that wasn't aligning with what I knew to be true on the inside and start to say, my goal in life is to be the most aligned, anchored, whole version of myself, mm-hmm. right? Like get to know her again and listen to her. Um, and not j- just what everyone else is telling me. And that takes courage. And I think it can, anyone listening to this can uh, apply that to themselves because we all have programming in some way or another. Like 
in regards to career or just family pressures or anything that society's throwing at us. Absolutely. And we get so used to just listening to like, okay, well, if I do this, then I'm going to be happy and everything's going to be okay. And we, and we, we squash parts of who we are to fit in. Right. And ultimately we're just, we're, we're hurting ourselves and our ability to live really full and joyful and, and purposeful lives because until we can start to break down some of that, not some of it, all of it, <laughs> the, the things that don't resonate for each one of us, we will ultimately be coming like our, we can't live with true purpose and connection. I feel like, mm -hmm. like we're holding ourselves back from such great potential when we, when we're able to step into who we truly are and live from that space. So who is Katie now? Katie is fierce and confident <laughs> and she's full of so much compassion and love too, because she, she's been through a lot of pain mm -hmm. um, and has learned to survive it and come on top and, and just live as her authentic self. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Well, I can tell you it's, you, you do emanate that. And oh, thank you. <laughs> it's the truth. It's, it's so true. And I, you know, it's so hard to see ourselves sometimes. And, you know, so I just want to reflect back to you that that is definitely who you seem to be. And I'm curious what you would tell someone in a similar situation, maybe not exactly the same, but what, you know, if they came right. to you, someone that wanted to carve their own I, path and they were asking for guidance. I would say the number one, the most important thing you can do is continue to develop that relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. Do the work to get to know who you are, to better understand your voice so that you can trust it moving forward. Because when you are aligned, when you are living from that space, it won't, it won't lead you astray. Right. And this isn't a selfish, like, well, I'm, I don't care about anybody else. Like, no, like the more we can live, if everyone could live from that space, there would be so much more love and understanding and connection that comes from that. So number one is find your voice and learn to listen to it. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so many practices that I did that helped me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Can you share some of those? I'm so, yeah. So curious. Yeah. Um, so meditation has been so powerful for me, quieting that chatter in your head and going inward to start to ha have more of like a clear, voice like a, a more clear understanding of your own voice i did a lot of journaling to get rid of a lot of stuff um hypnosis i joined a program where it would help you to like go in and start to get rid of some of these programs these habits that i just been in to start to okay i know who katie is and i'm going to listen to her so you were getting you were getting hip, hypnotized in a group type setting and, and learning the text. Actually, I joined a group and that was really, really helpful to start to like get into my subconscious mind and mm -hmm. start to get rid of some of that stuff that was clouding it. It is so <laughs> powerful. I'm just, you know, curious now because now you're certified. You're That's one of the reasons why I continued down that path because I saw how much it worked for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's, that's amazing. So tell us what's your next steps? Like, what are you creating now? Honestly, my purpose moving forward is I want to reach and help as many people live their truth as possible. Mm -hmm. 
because I definitely have found through my own experience how important it is. And I also have found it takes a lot of courage and faith that, okay, and trust that things can work out. And I don't want people to feel alone. Mm -hmm. I want them to know that there's hope that if they keep going, and especially if they can start to implement some of the these techniques, like we were saying, like hypnosis, NLP, all the things that work with the subconscious mind to just help us to shift and live from a better space. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much goodness and hope in in their future. So I, I have a coaching practice set up and I'm I'm just hoping to expand that and reach as many people as I can to get this message out there that they can do it and that there's really wholesome, good pr- place they can live from uh, every day mm-hmm. from within living proof right there <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean that's the best yes. testimonial and so describe your perfect day mm. oh, my perfect day that's a really good question <laughs> a perfect day for me is waking up and having my kids there with me sharing the morning with them getting into the mountains mountains for me are Mm. therapy they are so powerful so if I could get up go into the mountains go hiking uh or some type of activity I think reaching and connecting people through whatever avenue that continues to be for me which could be coaching or um I would love to write a book someday, just like continuing to Mm -hmm. work on those things that make it so that my message of hope and, and whatnot can reach as many people as possible. I think I'm winding at home then with hopefully my future partner who's perfect in all his ways. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And just being together. And, and I think learning and growing together, holding space for each other, um, and just like a loving, happy environment. Mm-hmm. It sounds, it sounds incredible. And, yeah. and you have all, you have everything already, right? I guess that's the other thing. It, yeah. it sounds like you are well on your way to sharing your story. And I hope to be a catalyst for that. And I really Thank want you. people to be able to reach you as well. So can you just, yeah. you know, drop any, you know, Instagram handles, websites, anything so people can find you. And also I'll put them in the show notes as well. So the best place people can find me right now is through Instagram. And that's at hello, Katie Marie. And that's Katie with a Y. That right now is kind of my platform and I help to expand and get even more. But to start, uh, if anybody wants to reach out, if anybody has similar experiences they want to commiserate with. Like I'm totally there and available to talk to anybody (laughs) or help anybody who feels like, Oh my gosh, yes, I need your help. Like, Oh, I would love to sit and hold space for whoever feels like I could be a part of that journey for them. Mm -hmm. Yes. You will help many people. Again, I think you have gone through so much and from so many of us, I mean, you know, myself included and people that will be listening to this, it's like, I just, you know, I really can't imagine the work that you've done and the the amount of strength and courage and all those things, but also the identity. It's like, that is huge. It's everything. And we also learned that when, you know, in class, it was like, who are you? Who are you? Right? Yeah. Who are you? And I think a lot of people don't even know, or they're living from a place they are who they've been told they should be, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the work that I want to do is who are you really? And who, what do you want from your life? Where, where do you want to live from? And let's find that, mm-hmm. you know, like, and then let's do it because it's possible. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're so open and honest and really grateful that you, you shared your story. And I'm so. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. As always, my mission is to help light the fire under your ass to go out there and carve your own path. I truly believe you owe it to yourself to be courageous and unapologetic about what you really want. So I want you to subscribe where you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to share your story or know someone you think would make a good fit, let me know. So send me a message on Instagram at carveyourown.path. Cheers to carving your own fucking path, ladies.